Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fairway Evangelion, the podcast where we go through the Neon Genesis Evangelion series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time, and as always, I'm joined by Peter. Oh! Who is going through for his first? So today we went through Volume 12 of the Shinji Akari Raising Project. This volume originally released September 26, 2011. By now, Shinji, Rei, and Asuka thought they knew the drill. But they don't know this one, namely the giant drill coming down from an even more gigantic eight-sided thingy hanging over the streets of the virtual Tokyo 3. Who's behind this new menace? Dr. Akagi, her daughter, or the man who fascinates them all? Heck, fascinates everyone. And uh, boy does Gendo fascinate. Yeah, uh, this continues to be one of those situations where I'm continually reminded that Gendo is the best. Or at least this Gendo is the best. Not the all Gendo, Gendos. The Gendo of not the original timeline is pretty cool. Yeah, this particular Gendo is pretty fucking great. Uh, and then other Gendos are less great. <laughs> That's fair. Because uh, yeah, even anyways, if, we, if we go back to Angelic Days... Uh, that Gendo was also kind of an asshole still. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but as for this Gendo, and not so much this Gendo, this episode, and with regards to this episode, my prediction thereof, uh, pretty fucking great, man. Yeah. I predicted some, uh, little skating date between Shinji and Rei, and I mean, it wasn't a date, and it wasn't just the two of them, but the two did talk while skating. Uh, while Asuka and Mana had a fight over who could skate better, because Mana knew how to skate and Asuka is stubborn. Um, and then we didn't see Sandalfon, but we did see uh, the true waifu, the best girl from all of Evangelion, uh, or Neon Genesis Evangelion at least. Uh, and the best girl in this case being Ramiel. We got to see, we got to see my girl. I missed her so much. I mean, I think at this point in the Neon Genesis. It's like stuff going on. Ramiel is so iconic and like synonymous with scenes from Neon Genesis. I think it's almost impossible to make a Neon Genesis series without any reference to it. Of course. I was getting a little bit upset that they seem to have skipped past Ramiel there. Uh, but then they just like went back and did more Ramiel stuff. It was great. Yeah, and it's kind of suggesting that up to this point the Human Evolution Lab has kind of been training the uh, pilots to fight against whatever Celia would send virus-wise with those other ones up to this point, and this was like the first real challenge for them. Yeah, this is the first one where they are actively fighting against the infiltration from Celia. Whereas other times they've fought against bugs in the code, and then uh, poor project management, I guess is what I would call the last one. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Alright, so shall we start talking about this in a slightly more linear linear and more direct way? Yep, uh, so the the cold open for this book is uh, pretty wild, because Shinji has another one of those dreams. Uh, not only does Shinji have one of those dreams, Shinji laments the fact that he keeps having fucking weird dreams, which is uh, fair and accurate. Um, in this one, uh, he's in a hospital, and uh, it's unclear exactly why he's in a hospital, uh, all we know for sure is that uh, Ray has to stick a thermometer up his ass, and Doctor uh... Kyoko. Kyoko, is it Kyoko who's doing this? Well, Asuka's mom in the background. She makes the uh, she makes the reference back to the time Shinji was soup in the original series about if his eagle boundary breaks down, can she have him for experiments? Yeah. 
Uh, and then I love Asuka's comment with him freaking out. It's like, it's, calm down. It's like she's sticking her whole arm up there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyway, shitty dreams about Ray sticking shit up his ass. That's uh, that's what's going on in this like little cold open. Maybe she just uh, her puberty. This, this seems like a puberty thing. Yeah, that's kind of what my puberty was like. Uh, remembering one of the two different girls who was fighting for my affection and then me having a weird dream. Where the two of them are nurses taking care of me, and then one of them has to stick, uh... In this case, it wasn't a thermometer, it was her entire arm. Um, but that's well, a that's story. Well, that's because you Muppets back then, right? Yeah. Good old Muppets. That was actually my dream as a child, was being a Muppet. <laughs> uh, and not a Muppeteer, a Muppet themselves. Uh, I didn't fully understand that the Muppets were puppets. Well then, uh, first actual chapter. Uh, so this one spans 67 to 73. Uh, and the first one of the chapters is the one that made me feel really good about myself. Because it's uh, a date. Well, not a date. It's ice skating. Uh, and it's explicitly not a date. Because Misato explains that uh, she just felt nostalgic for ice skating and wanted to go back and go ice skating. Uh, and tried to get Gendo to pay for it, and the only way he agreed to pay for it is if they claim it was a training exercise, so we she had to... We can't do the beach off. for a fifth time. Yeah. So, you guys get to go ice skating. Uh, to which, Asuka even calls her out, and she's like, so, you somehow roped... Get no, it's, uh, Shinji calls her out, because he's like, you somehow roped my father into paying for your hobby on the justification that you bring us along with you. Uh, and yeah, that's exactly what Misato did. Yeah, it worked perfectly. Uh, Asuka's a little bit annoyed, because it's not just the three kids. Uh, I had to invite everyone, specifically including Mana, because as we talked about in that early part, Mana, um, actually knows how to skate, and none of the kids do, and Isato wasn't gonna fuck around and teach them how to skate. Uh, so, it was all about Mana. I even love how Mana specifically eggs on Asuka, because Asuka wants none of this. She's like, this is stupid. And... Misato's trying to, like, you know, coax her into it. It's like, oh, come on now. Like, once you get the basics, it'll be no problem for you. And I was like, nah, she's complete shit at this. She won't be able to do anything. But you can see that devilish smirk. Like, she's, like, exactly what she's doing to motivate her. Oh, yeah. She's 100% in the know of what she's doing to Asuka in that moment. And it fucking works, too. Uh, she convinces Asuka. And Asuka starts chasing after her around the uh, rink. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Shinji and Rei also don't know how to skate. But they're just doing their best to figure it out without violence involved. Um, so they're just kind of standing there having a chat. Not really about anything in particular. Or nothing like noteworthy. Just hanging out, chatting. Yeah. Like you do with women you dream about sticking things up your butt. And to the don't. Yeah. Uh, the thing uh, that's impressive about this one too is uh, Shinji does not do anything specifically. Like stuff happens... But I, I'm 100% comfortable saying it was Asuka and Mana. Yeah. Uh, Shinji trips a little bit and falls into Ray's arms, but like nothing super awkward happens from it. And then uh, Asuka chases after Mana, and like Mana even has the thought process. Like, I know she's athletically gifted, so I'm not surprised that she learned how to skate so quickly. But she's actively catching up to me, uh, and that's happening a lot faster than I expected her to learn. Uh, so I'm going to use one of my super sneaky tricks... Which is, I'm going to skate right at Shinji, and then at the last second, I'm going to pivot and do a sharp turn. And then Asuka hasn't figured out how to do that yet, so she's going to go crashing into Shinji. Uh, and that's exactly what happens. 
Uh, and Asuka even, like, crashes, lands on top of Shinji. Uh, because of the way she lands on top of Shinji, she's not immediately aware of his presence. Uh, and she's looking at Rain, she's like, but I was aiming for Shinji. Which, if we pause and think about that for a second, fully fucking intentional on Asuka's part. Uh, wasn't just that she happened to knock into them, she was actively aiming for Shinji. Um. It's because he's so is, soft. He's, all that he's a real... He's a real soft boy. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so... Oscar then questions where the fuck Shinji is, and Ray points out that uh, Sh Shinji is underneath Asuka. Uh, and Asuka gets real pissed off at Shinji and starts punching. As she is wont to do. Uh, Shinji tries to explain it's not his fault, and while this is all happening, Mana's like, no fair, you guys are getting all cuddly up with Shinji. I should be involved in that situation, and then just full-on fucking tackle guys on top while he's being crushed underneath Rey and Asuka. I like how when Misato shows back up, she's like, oh, that's a new one, and then Asuka's like, fuck off, Misato, untangle us. Yeah, we need your help, not your commentary right now. Uh, so the next one after that is the art class. Uh, this is where uh, Shinji... Uh, Kensuke and, uh, fucking... Toji? Old Toji, man Toji? Old man Toji. Uh, Shinji, Kensuke, and Toji are running back towards class because they realize they're running a bit late. They were fucking around too much during their lunch break. Uh, and Shinji's like, what class do we have after this? And Kensuke's like, oh, it's art. Uh, and she's like, oh, thank fucking Christ. It's not, like, a career-specific one. If we're a couple minutes late, it's not the end of the world. Um... What is the end of the world, for Shinji at least, though, is that uh, Buki happens to be standing in the doorway as he busts in the door, and so he runs into her in such a way that his arms, through momentum, wrap around her and wrap her chest. You know what happens when you run into a girl and, like, you, because of momentum, end up groping them aggressively? Uh, that happens here. Yeah, it, it, was, it lasted for one chapter, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and... I really enjoyed the way they show Asuka punching him in the back of the head, because it like gets almost like uh, combat anime at this point, where it doesn't actually show her like winding up and punching him, it just shows her like getting pissed off, and then it shows Shinji falling backwards with her holding out her pit, a fist, uh, like in the immediate aftermath of the punch, and him falling backwards with like a loud crack sound, implying that she like punched him and pulled her fist back almost immediately, and it was like one of those gunshot punches you hear all about. Yeah, um, yeah, I love how it's also, like, getting to the point that they're not even bothering showing her, like, yelling out or anything anymore. It's like, this happened so frequently. It's like an afterthought now for her. Yeah, she's not even actively thinking about punching him. She's just punching him. In fact, during this volume, I was like, yes, Asuka is 100% self-aware of what she's in now. Yeah, she's fully in the know. Um, speaking of in the know, Abuki's in the know about the fact that while this is art class, They've been really fucking up their modern literature, uh, and so it's more important that they actually study up on modern literature instead of doing any art stuff. Uh, which Shinji seems fine with. Uh, unfortunately, Kensuke... Well, not unfortunately, but fortunately, Kensuke and Toji know what's up, uh, and complain about how that's just not fair at all. And Kensuke even pulls out the golden gem of us youths uh, have a better understanding of modern art and what our generation is doing with art than you do, so there's no way you need to explain literature from our generation to us. 
And Ibuki's like, oh, you know what? That's a solid point right there. I, I'll, I'll accept it. I'll take it. Uh, and then they end up doing art again, which is uh, good on Kensuke and Toji, I guess. Uh, now, you did uh, forget one thing here, which is the reason why Misato's the one not teaching the class like she should be. And apparently she threw it her back. Oh, I did miss that detail. Um, I don't know why they went through the point of this because she just fucking strolls up later in the volume or in the chapter. I thought they said someone else was the uh, original teacher of the class. Sato-san threw out their back, not uh, oh, I guess that could be short for me, Sato. I didn't think of it that way. Uh, yeah, I guess Misato threw out her back. And then, yeah, you're 100% right. Misato just kind of shows up a little bit later. Uh, that's weird. That's a weird choice of detail. Yeah, just to instigate. Uh, so, the people are kind of trying to figure out what they should be drawing. Uh, we find out that apparently Asuka's drawing the sky, uh, and she tries to explain, like, I'm not slacking off or anything, I'm also gonna just draw a bunch of clouds. Um, which isn't exactly not slacking off, but I'll let it slide. Uh, I guess if she does, like, a good job and makes a lot of effort, it's fine. But if someone told me that for their art class they were just drawing some clouds... Uh, I would question whether or not they were actually putting in their full effort into that. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, Toji decides that his uh, art project uh, isn't necessarily a thing of nature. Uh, it's the concept of monsters and the inner nature of people who pretend to be people when actually they're monsters. And so he draws a fire-breathing Asuka and a devil-horn-wearing uh, Takari. Which is an odd choice, because we've already established the fact that she can teleport. I don't know why Toji thinks he's safe anyways by doing this stuff. Yeah, we've 100% established this fact, uh, and they use it right now by teleporting directly behind him to look at the art. When he was positioned in such a way that he was looking at them while drawing them, and then they just teleport immediately behind him like nothing personal, kid. Uh, except it's very personal for Asuka, and she explains that uh, she can also see the inside true nature of things and bring it out into the world, and by that she means his blood and organs. Uh, she can tear them outside of his body. Uh, and then she starts ripping up his uh, painting, and Toji's like, no, why'd you have to do that? And she's like, honestly, the threat she just made was a very literal one. It is for the best that she tears up your painting and not your physical. Honestly, you got off with very little problems here. <laughs> yeah. Destroying a piece of paper. Did you see what happened to me earlier when I just accidentally ran into the teacher? And then, uh, momentum. You understand momentum and how that works on arms? I brought my arms around her. Yeah, fully momentum. You saw how she reacted to that? I wish she only tore up a piece of paper for doing that. <laughs> uh, anyways, after this, uh, argument, uh, which is going on there right now, uh, Asuka turns to Shinji and she's like, Shinji, just stay the fuck away from idiots, like, fucking. Toji, uh, you know what, just, it would be for the best if you stayed near me, that way I can keep you away from idiots, uh, during this project. And Shinji's like, are you sure about that? And she's like, yeah, also I'm doing watercolors, uh, so I'm gonna need you to stick around to regularly refill my water for me as it, it. Uh, and then everything clicks for Shinji, and he's like, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, also, <laughs> I want no part of this. Um... Mana sees a chance. Yeah, Mana sees a chance, and she's like, we should, uh, Shinji, you should sit next to me. I won't force you to do anything. Uh, and then the two of them start fighting over Shinji and trying to ask him to choose. Um, 
And this is the point when Misato shows uh, back up with a thrown out back and is like, hey, you know, instead of fighting between each other, you could just be friends, learn to share. Impossible. And then before, before even, like, allowing them to, like, fully respond to that thought, she immediately turns uh, to Shinji and she's like, all right, Shinji, who are you picking between these two hotties? Uh, be a man. Pick somebody. And Shinji's like, you know what I'm going to do? Run away. I'll give you, like, some lame excuse about how I need more water for Asuka's watercolors, but I'm fully running away at this point. Uh, to which Asuka even calls him out, and she's like, I haven't even started using my fucking water. You do not need to replace anything yet. But Shinji's already gone. Uh, and he even, like, has the thought process of, like, if I just walk slow enough, then walking to get water and walking back could take the entirety of the class for me. Uh, so I don't have to make this decision. But that also means uh, Shinji won't do his fucking homework. That seems kind of powerful, of course. Shinji's a bit of an idiot. Which, as I've recently learned in Japanese, is pronounced Baka. Uh, Shinji's a bit of a Baka. Um, I'll allow it. Uh, the reason they call that is because Asuka punches idiots in the back of the head. Ha ha ha, I'm clever. Uh, sorry, that was, that was bad. Anyways, while Shinji's uh, walking away to find an excuse, uh, he runs into Rei uh, and starts talking to Rei, and Rei's like, yo, shut the fuck up, and then she points to a sleeping cat. And then Shinji decides to continue talking uh, and asks if the cat is uh, what she's drawing for her art project, and then continually tries to peek at her art, and Rei's being super shady about the fact that she doesn't want anyone to see the art. But not shady. I don't think it's that shady to not want to see a art project that you're working on, especially while it's in progress. So it's more so she's being clear and establishing uh, boundaries with Shinji, and Shinji's continually trying to ignore them. Um, and uh, it makes Ray upset. She looks like she's gonna. She looks like she's gonna cry at one point. Um, and then uh, essentially, what ends up happening? A Shinji offers to let her use her wa uh, his water because she's getting into the watercolors part and she's run out of water. And Shinji's like, honestly, if I'm being honest with you right now, I'm just gonna slide this entire class, and I'm never gonna get to a point where I'm ready to do watercolors. So you should just have my water for your watercolors. And then she thanks him. The truth comes uh, out. Shinji was trying to avoid the work the whole time. 100%. Shinji's a fucking slacker, man. Uh, however, while thanking him for the water, she notices that he is still trying to sneak a peek because he's a fucking bastard, man. Yeah. Uh, and when he's not sneaking a peek up girls' skirts, he's sneaking a peek at their private artwork that they don't want him to look at and have been very clear about that fact. Uh, and so she tackles him. Uh, and then Shinji's powers activate, and because she tackles him, uh, it happens in such a way that he throws the bucket of water into the air so that water lands on top of Ray when she lands on top of him. And then he's covered in a soaking wet Ray. Uh... Really, it's just overused at this point. Yeah. I mean, come on, Shinji, where, where's your originality? Uh, uh to which, uh, Asuka even, like, kind of calls him out on it. Uh, not a lack of originality. But just the fact that, like, this is clearly what he was thinking about making art. Was not doing watercolors or painting nature, but just uh, surrounding himself with uh, wet women. <laughs> Fuck, that was, that was a sentence right there. Um, 
And she calls out the fact that society does not consider this art, and he's gotta learn to be a better person. And then the, like, last panel of this chapter is, uh, Hikari talking to, uh, Ibuki, and Ibuki's like, where, where is everyone? Cla class is over. Uh, and Hikari's like, I'm sorry, literally everybody ran away in the middle of this class. Hikari's the <laughs> Not just the main left. characters, everybody left. Literally everybody fucking left. The only person left for the class is Hikari. I mean, she's the, she's the class president, she's held to a higher standard. Of course. She also suggested practicing for entrance exams as the special uh, festival I, event. Honestly, I I wish I knew uh, Hikari in high school. Uh, she seemed like the kind of person who could have kept me on track and made sure I actually focused in this class. <laughs> At least she seems like the kind of person who would have tried and I would have ignored. That's true. Maybe I did know a Hikari in high school, and because I ignored them, I didn't realize they were the Hikari I needed. Yeah, you were just the old man Toji. Yeah, exactly. I was just a 40-year-old in high school. Uh, which is weird, because I'm not 40 now. I have lost years. <laughs> Anyways, uh, next chapter, um, how does this one start? I think it starts with them at the lab, uh, and it seems like Ray was doing some testing, and Shinji and Asuka were both just kind of there to support, because someone calls out something to that effect. Which, if I had to guess, that means that Ray was there for testing, Shinji went by to support, and Asuka went by to make sure Shinji didn't get one-on-one -on -one time with him. Um, which is very on-brand for Asuka. Uh, the lab's, like, super busy. Everyone's talking about how they have very important things they need to be doing. Um, so the children are about to head out and go home, and Misato will catch up a little bit later. Meanwhile, everyone else in the lab is working with the one thing I love about like how busy they are is that Asuka's looking for her mother, and her mother sneaks up behind her, and it's like, "What? Why are you here? I thought it was busy." And then Satsuki's like, "What the fuck are you doing here? There was something that is so crucial to time that you're not allowed to leave." Yeah. Uh, uh, didn't you say that we were at an urgent stage of the equipment check and couldn't tolerate the slightest interruption? Not even someone else told fucking Kyoko that. Kyoko herself said that, and then fucked off to go uh, interact with her daughter. And has the goal to complain that she doesn't have any fun. Yeah. It's just a brief thing of letting us know, hey, the lab's still there before we get the at-home uh, storyline of this chapter. Yeah, so uh, the three of them are hanging out at home. Uh, also, th about this is the chapter specific, and I'm like, Asuka's self-aware. She knows what's going on. She's real. Oh, 100%. Um, Asuka isn't a character of the Shinji Akari Raising Project. Asuka's a real person who somehow got trapped in the Shinji Raising Project. Uh, she's aware of the existence of the conflict. She read it before getting trapped inside. Um, anyways, Ray starts commenting on how it's getting kind of late and it's weird that Misato's not back yet. Uh, Is and it though? Asuka, Asuka has... Quite possibly my favorite line of this entire series so far uh, in this chapter. Because uh, she's like, Misato might not be that great of a teacher, and she might not be that great of an instructor. But there's one thing she's really good at, and that's drinking. So I don't think we need to worry about whether or not uh, uh, Misato's going to get home. Also, I might have said Asuka there. I meant Misato. She calls out <laughs> Misato for being a terrible teacher, but the one thing she's really good at is drinking. So there's no need to worry about whether or not she'll be alright while out drinking. Uh, and that sentence is immediately followed by the phone ringing, 
and Shinji getting a call from uh, Dr. Akagi, uh, who informs him that uh, Misato got way too fucking drunk, and she's going to be crashing at her because she can't possibly make it home. To which uh, Shinji ends his phone call with Dr. Akagi, goes back to the other group, and is like, oh, Misato's going to not be making it home. And uh, Asuka's fucking pissed about this, and she's like, how in the fuck doesn't she know she's supposed to be responsible for taking care of us? To which Shinji's response is, I think you greatly underestimate uh, Misato's uh, capability of drinking alcohol. Like, she definitely has a lot of experience, but that doesn't mean she's good at it. Uh, and uh, that's that's where we end up. Yep, so they're just like, okay, we'll just do our normal night activities of having dinner without her. And Ray's joined, I guess. Because they're so busy. Yeah, I'm, it, I took it, like, uh, yeah. never said it specifically, but they're clearly all so busy that none of the parents are going to be home. Yeah, uh, Shinji's parents aren't going to be home, which means that uh, Ray has to stay with them because Shinji doesn't live with his parents, but this weird girl does. Um, don't worry about it so much. Anyways, yeah. Uh, it's okay, not everyone's loved by their parents. Of course not. So, uh, Ray starts, like, after they finish their meal, uh, Ray starts, like, going to clean up, and Shinji's like, no, don't worry about that. We'll get that. You're technically a guest. Uh, and then Ray's like, are, are you sure? And Asuka, like, it's like, yeah, we're fucking sure. We'll handle the cleanup. You go get changed. Um, and then the moment that Ray walks into the room, Asuka's like, all right, Shinji, so you're doing all the cleanup by yourself. Helped you cooking. So this task you have to do 100% on your own. Uh, I've already graced you with my presence, peasant. I have provided assistance at one point in time with today. I have done 50% uh, of the work on 50% of the chores, which means that you have to do 100% of on the other. Honestly, you should probably, to balance it out, do 100% of the work on 100% of the chores. You should go back in time and stop me from doing work on the chores, because the work I did on the chores was already been excessive. Honestly, it's your fault I'm not helping. Yeah. Honestly, Shinji, everything that happens in this world is your fault. You're probably using your magic powers to make me not help, because... Beneficial to you in some way, shape, or form. So anyways, uh, Ray strips down to get ready for her shower. Uh, and then the moment she strips down, uh, there's a flash of lightning and the power goes in. Um, so Shinji has to go flip the breaker to turn the power back on. Problem is, the breaker is in the laundry room, which is the room that uh, uh, Ray is currently stripping down in. Uh, so he asks if it's alright if he goes in there. Uh, and then... Ray's like, yeah, sure, I don't fucking care. Um, and to be fair, Asuka's the one that specifically tells, tells Shinji to go flip the breaker. Yeah. Uh, it's also super high up, so it's not exactly shown, but my understanding is he like kind of climbs up onto a shelf level to reach the breaker switch. Uh, because as soon as he manages to turn the breaker back on, uh, there's a snapping sound, and then he falls. The um, thing I love about this, too, is that we get Asuka going, wait, what was that? Let me guess. And then when she comes through, she's like, right. Yeah. Uh, Shinji, like, calls out, he's like, I couldn't have predicted it, that shit would happen. And, uh, <laughs> Asuka even, uh, calls out, like, hey, Shinji, why didn't you fucking think to get a flashlight? Sure, you wouldn't have had the excuse of falling on top of a naked ring. But you could have used the flashlight to catch a couple glimpses of the lights were. <laughs> Why don't you get uh, a fucking stepladder? And, uh, anyway, so, 
Uh, Oscar drags him uh, out of the room with the naked Ray, and then uh, tells Ray to finish up her shower and be more careful next time. Um, which like seems condescending at first glance, but then you think about it and you realize Shinji's a hundred percent a predator, and she's telling <laughs> Ray to be careful around Shinji, and it kind of <laughs> makes sense. This is not a safe place. You are not safe right now. The entire time you are in the same building and are in danger, learn to be safe. Learn to be careful. Uh, carry a whistle with you at all times, for the love of God. Um, anyways, uh, they uh, put Ray to bed, and then Oscar calls out that it's still like weirdly early for her to be going to bed. Um, and Shinji's like, uh, yeah, this is the normal time that Ray goes to bed. Which is weird that he's not letting Ray speak up at that point. To, to the point where Ray's even like, you know, I could probably actually stay up a bit later myself. Uh, and then Shinji cuts her off. And he's like, my mom told us to get our rest. So everyone fuck off, Ray's going to sleep. Which, like... This is the most dominant I've seen Shinji in this series. And he's being assertive about the fact that Ray has to go the fuck to sleep. It's Ray's bedtime. <laughs> yeah, Ray's bedtime. Uh, my mom said it's bedtime, so you have to go to sleep. My mom told me it's your bedtime, Ray, so you're going to bed. Sleepy time. Uh, and then he immediately goes to bed as well, and then even... Like, this is stupidly fucking early. I can't sleep. I'm gonna go creep around. Like, he's, it's never made clear what his intentions here were. He just starts creeping around. The yeah, because he just fucking says, I can't sleep with that outside. And I probably should have done that before we turned in. And it's like, what? What was what it specifically? Is there more, like, accidents you need to have? Yeah, I should have done that beforehand. But, like, he's never clear about what that thing is that he should have done before. Oh, You can God. kind of infer that the that outside is the storm. Or did he leave something outside? Uh, I don't know that he left something outside, because the moment he starts oh, creepily walking... So... He, my understanding of the layout of the apartment, and it's not a hundred, but my understanding of the layout of the apartment is they each have individual rooms because, uh, they, it would make sense, uh, and they kind of closed the door when they, uh, left, I think uh, Ray's in the living room, honestly. Ray might be in the living room, okay. That makes more sense. Because I was gonna say, because, uh, while Shinji's thinking about done beforehand, he is currently, uh, leering, or not leering, but, like, looming over top of Ray while she's on um, and then she ends up waking up and calling him out and then admits she can't sleep and she finds the thunder kind of distressing uh, I'm, I'm going to stop right here because I realized we might have been an idiot I, I'm just looking back over the pages and in the panel before he says I should have done that before we all turned in there's a, a picture of a door and the word flush oh fuck alright so he got up to take a fucking Piss. That makes more sense. Alright, yeah, no, we're both just I, I, I mean, to be fair, it might have been a piss, because, like, the immediate after that is him looking at Ray's bed. It's like, I hope I didn't wake them up. Yeah, alright. <laughs> he might so. have been fighting for his life in there. So, uh, Shinji puts Ray to bed, tells her it's her bedtime, then feels awkward about the fact that he just did that, so he goes to bed as well, and then immediately after going to bed himself, it's like, ah, oh, I gotta take a dump, and, like, the only way I can describe this dump right now is it's going to be a thunder dump. Uh, hopefully that doesn't wake anyone up. He's, he's masking uh, it with a thunderstorm outside. Yeah. 
this isn't like a part of the scene, but when uh, Ray comments about how it's hard to sleep with uh, the thunder because it's so distressing outside, like I can imagine her under a bus. I could have sworn I just heard someone screaming, and then like it was specifically outside the bathroom or like in the direction of the bathroom. I heard screaming moments ago, and that woke me up. Screaming, and she's like, yeah, crying, no. cursing the sky. That's that's what storms sound like, right? That's just that's what a storm sounds like. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, Shady decides they should talk, but let's talk, uh, real quietly, because they don't want to wake up Asuka, and then Asuka, like, walks into the room while they're talking, uh, and she's like, are you sure you want to talk? Because, like, usually all you're capable of ow, and I'm sorry it wasn't my fault. Um. Yeah. Which, Asuka's just, like, hitting where it hurts. Yeah. Also... Completely understandable. So Shinji was talking about how they should be real quiet because they don't want to wake up Asuka. And the two things that we have confirmed about Asuka earlier in this chapter is she thought it was way too early to be going to bed, so she wasn't tired. And two, she jumps every time there's a lightning strike. I don't think she's getting to sleep right away. She is 100% the one who's definitely awake in the apartment right now. I do enjoy so her I, uh, defense of it, too, because Shinji even points out, it's like, oh yeah, thunder makes you nervous, doesn't it? She's like, what are you talking about? On the contrary, loud, ominous things I feel a kinship for. Yeah. Uh, so they end up uh, deciding that they're going to kill some time while they're awake by playing with their Nintendo Wii in entertainment system. Um, yes, they, like they, they were playing the Nintendo Wii. The Nintendo Wii, perhaps even playing Wii Sports over a billion copies sold. Uh, uh that's too much. It is like the highest selling game of all time, I think. But um, it's definitely the highest selling sports game. Yeah, I think it's like the third or fourth highest selling game of all time. Yeah. Anyways, uh, they play some Wii Sports into the early hours of the night, uh, morning, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Misato comes in and she's like, uh, sorry that I was out so late last night, folks. Uh, it's not even my fault. I didn't want to have that much to drink. But Ritsuko kept dragging me from one bar to another. Which, like, during the phone call we heard the night before where Ritsuko was explaining that, uh, Misato's had way too much to drink. Uh, is like, I'm gonna take her home now. And then over the phone we hear Misato calling out, Ritsuko, we're not going home, we're going on our bar! So, once again, 100% not... Ritsuko's fault. This is entirely on fucking Misato. I mean, at the same time though, uh, Ritsuko has like gone into like full like Power Rangers villainy here and is doing like small things that are apparently to disrupt, but are like no more than just like, you know, someone comes up to you with like a glass of water and you dump it out and say, do it again. Yeah, it's kind of the level that. Meanwhile, uh, Misato realizes she's talking to three unconscious children because the three of them are currently cuddled up in the living room asleep uh and misato's like you know what that looks like a good idea i'm gonna go take a nap as well and then we smash cut to the lab and they're like the kids were supposed to be an here an hour ago where the fuck is misato <laughs> it's like surprise this was actually the start of an overarching story yep um true also based on the way that the three of them are cuddled up together i can only that uh, when Shinji wakes up, he's getting an ass kick. I mean, getting fully assaulted by uh, Oscar. I think we should just assume at any time Shinji is going to like be moments away from an ass kicking. You know what? You're not wrong. Anyways, uh, the next 
like two or three chapters. Uh, the next three chap it might be the next four chapters. Next, the rest of the volume. All that remains of this volume uh, is one overarching story of uh, the thing that's happening at the lab. Yeah. Well, we start so, back off with uh, Ritsuko having a meeting with Sile. Yeah, so Ritsuko's having a meeting with Sile. Uh, she's told that her... Uh, she's been given the most important role or something, and it's her responsibility to make sure that the kids don't make it to the lab for the experiment. Um... Which, again, getting back to the Power Rangers villain level of things, she just sends them all a note saying, meet me at the uh, gymnasium, and then just locks the door and walks up. Well, not my problem anymore. I did my job. Yeah, she, like, leads them into the, like, uh, equipment locker at the back of the gymnasium and then locks them inside. Uh, which, honestly, is their mistake for going into a room called a locker. Uh, if you walk into a locker, you're getting locked in. It's the whole point of the Them's the rules. Um, Dems to breaks, kiddo. Prof, you gotta understand what them rules are. Uh, anyways, uh, we then smash cut to the lab, and, uh, the adults are talking about how they've noticed an incursion, uh, by some unknown, uncategorized program, uh, to which Gendo is like, yeah, that's definitely fucking them, them being Sile, and then he tells them to go into full defense mode, and they can do what the kids get there. Uh, and this is when we cut to uh, the kids in the, like, morning-ish. It's pre-lunch. Uh, and Shinji opens up his desk and he finds a note. Uh, well, it's not just that. It, they open up on Kensuke trying to recruit everyone to, like, do some, like, Battle Royale shit, like a survival game. Oh, yeah, you're right. And Ken uh, Shinji Kensuke has one of the best lines, which is, I sense imminent danger. Namely, the danger as starving to death. Yeah, still another hour before lunch. Uh, and this... It is important that you point that out, because Shinji's, like, not fully on board with playing this, because uh, he doesn't think he's fully capable. We also get uh, an important thing that you should probably remember for later, and that's, it's not about skill, it's about heart. Exactly. Shinji's like, I'm not sure I'm capable. And Kensuke's like, remember, Kari, uh, in the end, it's not about skill, it's about heart. Uh, but that's Shinji's important like, for who knows, we won't tell. Uh, that Battle Royale game that they were going to play, which I assume is going to come next chapter. Our next volume. Because uh, as we already stated, the rest of the chapters in this volume are this one story. Yeah. And the mana is also, like, very interested in doing this. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, Shinji looks inside his desk and he sees a note. Uh, and suspiciously enough, this isn't a handwritten note. This is a printed note, which means that he can't even discern whose handwriting. Yeah, but, uh, but to it's... be fair, if you get a printed note that's like this, you're either going to be murdered or asked for ransom. There's no, like... You know, he thinks it's like a love, like, confession thing. No, if you see someone, if there's a printed note anywhere, or, you know, the magazine cutout thing where it's just the letters, those cannot end well. It's murder or ransom. Yeah, I would argue magazine cutout is definitely the highest level of danger, but printed note is, like, one step below it. And that's the thing. He thinks, like, oh, this is going to be a confession of love or something like that. If someone wanted to confess their love to you, they'd probably be comfortable using their handwriting, making it a little bit more personal, not overly concerned about you figuring out who it is beforehand. Shinji's just a fucking idiot. Uh, and uh, here's the other problem I have with this. Both Asuka and Rei are aware of the note. Yeah, they see him reading a note and he then hides it from them. 
Uh, and they also each individually got their own notes as well. So they should be on high fucking alert. Yeah, which, uh, by the amount of planning that Ritsko does, they should probably all have their own notes at this point. Yep. She definitely uh, went in in the morning, just slipped in the desk and said, my job's done. Yep. Uh, well, my job's half done. I have to go back later once they're actually... I like um, the fact that she put the notes there, told Celia the job was, I was like, no, no, you actually have to do something to physically stop them. I was like, fine. Yeah, and they just read this note that's only delaying them by, like, a couple minutes while chat for a couple minutes and then leave. And we're just like, no, 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 you don't understand Shinji. If he's born in a room with those two, it'll be hours before anyone leaves. Uh, which, honestly, might be very wise of, uh, uh, Ritsuko. So, um, Shinji uh, runs away from the boys uh, during lunch to uh, go to the gym locker room. <laughs> Both of them have to think of pretty much, yeah, he's gonna need to take a shit. Yeah, he's he's classic thunder dump Shinji. Uh, it's not even thundering out, but he's gotta do it. Um, <laughs> no, Shinji only shits when there's thunder out because he needs a basket. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Anyways, uh, Shinji... Um... Fucking goes to the locker room, uh, starts thinking about this uh, beautiful woman who we've never seen before, who's going to confess her love to him. Uh, and I mean, it kind of looks like it's Oscar. Uh, give me a second. I gotta pull this back up. It could potentially be Oscar, just with a different hairstyle. I mean, that is her like, hairstyle, though. No, she has like the pigtail things going on. Yeah, that one's just like straight down. I mean, it's hard to, like, you don't, like, it could be the pigtails are up higher, because her hair design, it's not just the pigtails, it's the full hair length, it's just she has those as well. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, I feel like if that's her, the way it is, it it's styled slightly differently. But, I don't know. This isn't the argument we need to be having right now. <laughs> um, so, uh, Shiji runs into Asuka, and, or not Asuka, Ray, and he's like, oh, did you give me the note? And she's like, what? No, you gave me a note. Uh, and then she pulls out her own printed note, which... The fact that Shinji didn't figure out the note was suspicious is understandable, because as we've discussed, he's a bit of a backup. But Ray not figuring out that the note was suspicious would disappoint. Especially when she saw Shinji reading a note, and he... Uh, although, I guess, if they didn't find the note yet, uh, she could have thought... He was reading the note and folding it up before hiding it in her desk um, when she did find the note later. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll give her a pass. Um, so, uh, while they're having this discussion, Ray trips, I guess? Yeah, I think uh, she's walking backwards and kind of stumbles over it, like a balance beam or something. Uh, which means she's probably listening to Asuka, because the only reason she'd be backing away from Shinji is if she's trying to be careful, because she knows he's a danger. Um, <laughs> this is actually a scheme, right, Shinji? Yeah. Uh, we don't even get to find out what either of the other notes said, because uh, when she's going to go into what it said uh, is when she trips, and then Shinji, uh, being classic Shinji, uh, instead of trying to like catch her or anything like that, just decides to trip and fall on um, yeah, uh, you know, I think Shinji's actually bad at this saving people thing, because <laughs> it's always him landing on top of them. Yeah, and Asuka even calls him out on it, and she's like, have you ever even thought about actually catching someone, or instead of just falling on top of them? 
Um, and then uh, he comments on the, or Oscar then calls out the goat, and she's like, it's bad enough that you're a fucking pervert, but the fact that you've gotten so bad that you're enticing me to come watch your perverted activities is so much fucking worse. Which, uh, honestly, good on Asuka for recognizing that Shinji is absolutely here. And then while she's yelling at him, uh, Shinji tries to ask what the note said, and then the door gets slammed and locked behind. Yeah. And so we never find out what was on their notes. Yeah, just and that Rizzo like... has no effort for any of this. Yeah, so Rizzo locks them in the gym and then walks away, and she's like, well, my work here is done. And then, uh, she was like, fucking seriously, just honestly kill one of the children. That's the best way you can make sure that they don't make it to the lab. Dude, <laughs> that's pretty extreme for this version of Ritsuko. If it was like original Neon Genesis of Ritsuko, 100%. Would kill one of these kids. No questions asked. Oh yeah. And um, once again, to clarify, that's not me think saying that she should do that, or it's something she should do. That's just what I assume Sile is looking for. You have to assume that when Sile was saying, by any means necessary, and thinking that they're talking to the original series, Ritsuko, they were hoping that she would kill one or all of the kids, so... Getting to the end of the day and finding out all three kids are still alive, it's going to be very disappointing for them. It almost sounds like Sile's not aware they're in the Shinji Akari Raising universe. Yeah, Sile uh, seems to believe they're still in the original series, not in Shinji Akari Raising Project. Send in the JSDF. Wait, what? Send in the uh, MPEs. What's an MPE? A mass production Evangelion. What's an Evangelion? Ah, fuck! Just make uh, sure you get Kaji killed. The high school teacher? Yeah, kill him. Kill him anyways. <laughs> I don't like how much he uh, clearly has sex with women. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so anyways, they end up arguing inside the uh, storage closet, whatever you want to call it, um, because they can't agree on how best to get out. Also, I don't like calling this out, but it's very clear over this entire time that... Ray is upset about something, and I interpreted this on my first read-through as she just really had to rock a major piss. Um, but who knows, maybe it's the note she got, and she's disappointed that she's not acting like you did in the note. Um, so, they decide that since no one's in the gymnasium, they're gonna try and call out a window to see if anyone's outside of the gymnasium. Uh, and so, Shinji's gonna stand by the window, and Ray's gonna climb up my shoulders. Um, and then they, like, talk about it a little bit. Oscar makes it very clear that this is a safe place for Ray. And so if Shinji tries to peek up her skirt while he's lifting her, uh, Oscar will 100% murder him. She will end his life. Um, and then uh, even while she's, like, climbing up, uh, Oscar's like, and remember Shinji, don't check to see if she's doing okay. That is not an acceptable excuse for what's happening here. If you check to see that she's doing okay, I will end you. So, very clear, Shinji's not allowed to look up Ray's skirt. No more of these shenanigans, Shinji. Yeah. And I like how it just gets resolved by Misato opening the door. It's like, oh, there you guys are. Yeah, I've been looking everywhere for you. Uh, and then Ray runs out of rooms. This is what... Continues my belief that Ray just really had to rock a major piss. Just had to take a fat piss, and uh, it was uncomfortable for her. 
Maybe there was something else going on. That's not how I interpret it. I just yeah. assumed she had to take a piss. Yeah. Anyways, um, they make it to the lab. Uh, super fucking late, of course. Um, and they realize that... Oh, well, they're explained about the hack that's going on. So they're sending the three kids in to deal with the hack. Uh, and what do you know? The hack is a very familiar face. It's Ramuel. Ramuel's the hack. Uh, and it immediately fires on them. <laughs> yeah, much like the original Evangelion, the moment they're within range, it immediately fires on them. Uh, and this time Shinji tackles the two of them, uh, and he's like, get down! Uh, and he gets, like, blasted in the back, like his back is blasted. Um, but hey, everyone's okay. Uh, to the point where, like, uh, Misato's like, Shinji! And, uh, Yu is like, Satsuki, what's their status? And then we see a screen of... Oh, well, she, like, tries to get in contact with them. And then we see a screen of Shinji lying on top of the two of them and all three being unconscious. And uh, Yui's response is, uh, well, present status seems to be status quo. Uh, Everyone's fine. And, yeah, it's, this is what we expect from them. We find out Ramiel's getting ready to fire on their now unconscious bodies, so they're immediately uh, disconnected from the system. So, second to last chapter of the volume. Yeah. Well, there's also a brief period at the end of that chapter, too, where Sila acknowledges that Shinji's not the problem Gendo is. Yeah, uh, the fact that Ritsuko fucked up and didn't keep the kids from getting there isn't the end of the world. Gendo's the problem. Gendo's what's going to save the day. And they're right. They understand the situation well enough. Because uh, chapter 72, they now have to discuss how best to handle the situation because they can't deal with it. They end up learning that... Um, Ramiel, I mean, we're not told his name's Ramiel, but, or her name's Ramiel, sorry, it's best girl, so it's not her. Yeah, we, we uh, know it's Ramiel. And we it, haven't been... It's almost pretty much shot for shot, the, uh, like, Operation Yashima stuff going on, with yeah, some changes. The, yeah, so, there's even, like, the decoys that they're using, in the form of balloons, and they see it fucking destroying the balloons, and they find out that, uh, Ramiel will just obliterate anything that gets within range, and they're like, all right, so we have to take it down without getting in range. Um, the thing I love, so, too, is like, what? how are we going to do this? And Gendo's like, it's simple. We attack from outside the range. And I was like, holy shit, that's brilliant! Yeah, I mean, so I was just like, man, that's the lateral thinking we expect from our director. And it's like, it's just, like, you're told you have to attack it, but if you get close enough, uh, it will attack you first. What do you do? Like... A child's answer to that problem is attack it from outside of its range. Like, Gendo's not breaking new ground here, but everyone thinks he is. That's I problem. mean, th this version of Misato being, huh, that's quite the thought there. That's brilliant. I can take. Yui going, what the fuck? Yeah. So anyways, they, uh, bring in uh, Ritsuko's mom, and they're like, hey, uh, Dr. Akagi Sr., uh, make a gun. Make a real good gun. Make a long-range gun. Um, and it's like, we could do it in eight hours. And she's like, make it two. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, the make it two thing is not so much for making the gun, although it is a part of making the gun. Uh, to make the gun properly, she needs to know the range that it needs to be. So uh, the lab techs need to figure out how far away Ramiel can attack and sense targets from. Uh, and that's what they think is going to take eight hours, but she's only giving them two for. Which turns out to be Being a good thing, because uh, while they're working on it, uh, it ends up speeding up, and it's going to be two hours. 
Uh, yeah, um... It starts, like, penetrating the barriers. And they're like, our uh, final timeline is it's gonna be 2 hours and 18 minutes. And Dr. Kagi's immediately like, See, told you, kid. Never doubt the odds. Um, and then the three children are like, So what the fuck are we doing during this time? And he's like, I don't know, like... Go for a walk, check out the facilities, like, just hang out. Don't um, get lost. Don't get lost, don't take off your plug suits. I don't know if you've been paying attention this entire time we've been talking directly in front of you, but this is, a, is an extremely time-sensitive situation, so don't get yourself in a situation where you're going to delay yourselves for even a moment. You're allowed to leave this room, but if you're ever too far away from here, uh, Asuka has complete permission to murder you, Shinji, so <laughs> don't do that. Thus, going back to Shinji's always a moment away from having his ass kicked. Exactly. Uh, so they start walking around. Um, Shinji makes... Uh, well, Asuka slaps Shinji on the back uh, because Shinji calls out the fact that this is a very important situation. And Asuka's like, how the fuck do you know that? And then slaps him on the back. But, like, not even violently, just playfully. And uh, then Shinji complains about the pain. Uh, and she's like, that was a very mild attack. And she's like, yeah, but I still got pain in my back from when I took that uh, blasting from Ramiel earlier. You know the thing's name's Ramiel, right? Uh, and Asuka's like, where the fuck did you find out that thing's name? Also, isn't that just a computer virus? Why does it have a name? Um, was named after an and, angel. And then uh, they have a slightly longer thought. And they're like, wait, if your back still hurts from that then that means that what happens in there has actual physical impact on your body. That seems kind of dangerous. Um, and Ginger's like, ah, don't worry about it, babes. If uh, things get too risky in there, I'll protect you, I promise. <laughs> I'm Chad Shinji um, now for a moment. And uh, Asuka's response is to call him a backer and comments that he can't protect himself, let alone anyone else. Um... So, there's, like, a montage of them uh, working on the gun. Um, they end up finishing it, but they don't have enough time to fully implement it, because it's sped up even further, and instead of having 20 minutes remaining, they only have 8. And they're like, what are we going to do? The kids aren't even here. Uh, and Yui's like, ah, I'm going to get Asuka to beat up Shinji, because I told him he's not allowed to get outside of a certain range of here. And then... Uh, Dr. Kagi's like, we need to track down the kids. Uh, there's Use only one option. Fodder. Yeah, there's only one option. Throw the kids into the simulation to try and slow down Ramiel enough uh, and then keep one outside and then when it's all said and done, the one that's outside can shoot Ramiel. And Yui's like, that's a fucking terrible idea because if the kids get injured here, then they can't do stuff. Also, I'm not sacrificing my children to do this, so no. Just no. And then, uh, Yui starts walking away, and she's like, Misato, you stay here, I'll track down the children. And Misato looks, like, a little bit offended. Um, but Yui leaves, and then a couple seconds later, they're like, man, someone's been plugged into the system. And they're like, man, she was sitting that? right fucking there. Yeah, and she's like, how did fucking Yui get to the kids that quickly? Uh, and, uh, I think it's Aoi? Uh, says, uh, it's not the kid, it's Director Akagi! Uh, and then this Ikari? is the... Akari, not Akagi. Thank you. Uh, Director Akari. Uh, and this is 
the coolest scene of the entire series. Yeah. Which, which is uh, Gendo just showing up in the code, well within Ramiel's attack range. Ramiel starts firing off a beam to him, and he just like catches it with his hands and is fine uh, because Gendo's the coolest man alive. Um, and then like even though he can't see Shinji or anything, he starts explaining to Shinji about how. Uh, Remember, uh, a man's only as strong as the burden he carries, and that's why it's important for us to protect everyone around us at all times. And then he, like, sprints across the city, jumps into the air, and fucking punches Ramiel in the face, breaking it. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's the coolest fucking scene of this entire series. Not even this entire series. This entire, um, like world of Evangelion, all of the different series, this is the coolest scene of any of them. Uh, and it k- takes us back to full circle of Gendo wouldn't ask any of his staff to do something he wouldn't do, and he has punched an angel now. He has 100% punched an angel. Thus, all the times that he asked Ray to just get out of her suit and punch an angel, fully justified. He has done it himself. Uh, uh, we also learned something interesting about the uh, system, too, that apparently the reason it's dangerous for Gendo in there, more so <laughs> than the kids, is the system is built specifically for children of a certain age range. And anyone older than that would be uh, at risk of severe nerve damage after a certain amount of time. Yeah, uh, if an adult gets in there, they could last two, maybe three minutes without suffering permanent like brain damage. Um which could mean that they're monsters and they specifically designed the system for use on children. Or it could just mean that they have done enough discovery to realize that, like, the uh, pathways of children are more adaptable and resilient. And once you're an adult, your neural pathways kind of get a little bit set in their way, so it's more traumatic for an adult, uh, is the justification I'm giving myself, so it doesn't sound like specifically designed this child torture system. Um, anyways, yeah, uh, Gendo fucking defeats it with his fists um, and buys them enough time for them to finish developing the gun. It's, this is pretty much you know, the same dynamic as the anime series. One person's gonna have to shoot, one person's gonna have to block. Uh, originally, it was only Rei and Shinji were available, but I think... <coughs> Uh, I think if this, if Oscar would have been around during the Ramiel fight in the original, I think this would have been more of probably the layout we would have expected with Oscar. This is 100%, 100% layout. Oscar taking the shot, Shinji holding the shield, and Ray being the backup to fill in either wall. The one thing that might have happened is it might have been uh, Ray by default holding the shield and Shinji being the backup to fill in for either one of them. Um, yeah, and Oscar getting injured and someone else needed to go take the rifle, I think works too. Uh, although, to be fair, I think it does work better if it's just Shinji and Rei because the iconic scene of Shinji taking the second shot because he like he oh I- I'm not going to be able to do this and then like being talked into doing it and then hitting is just so much better. Yeah, I think it's fucking fantastic uh, the way it is, but I do agree. If Oscar was there, it probably played up very much in this way. Um, to the point where like it almost seems like it's going to play up the way it did in the original Neon Genesis. Like they're talking about uh, who's going to fill what role. And, uh, like, Ray even, like, starts to talk about carrying the shield and being the protector. And Shinji's like, nah, baby doll, remember what I told you about how I was going to keep you two tootses safe? Uh, that's what's going to happen, so I'll be holding the shield. And then... Which we've already established, Shinji's a bad shot. Why would you even, like, like yeah, Shinji, take the shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and 
Asuka's response to Shinji saying that is, when the fuck did Toji get here? Because that's not how the prof talks. And, uh... Actually, anyways. I, think, I think that's exactly how the prof talks, but Shinji doesn't talk that way. Yeah, you're right. Um, so anyways, uh, plays off much the same way the original series does, uh, except Asuka's the first one to take a shot, uh, and Shinji's blocking, uh, and Ramiel reacts to them firing a shot at her, so she fires back, and the two shots interfere and swizzle-swazzle through the air, um, and, uh, it doesn't end up being a deadly hit. We also have the added detail of, uh, they only get to take two shots because of how much of an impact this has on the magic system, rather than how much power it takes and the timing. Yeah. They're only gonna get two shots, it's just because of the impact of the magic system, they're only gonna get two shots. Uh, anyways, um, so Asuka gets her shoulder hurt while taking the shot, so she tells Shinji to take over shooting, and Ray's gonna take over guarding. Um, and Asuka's arm was injured in that last deck, so she only has the one. Yeah. Uh, Asuka, or not Asuka, uh, Ray even calls out to Shinji. She's like, remember, I'm protecting you, so don't worry about anything other than taking the shot. You do not have to worry about protecting yourself. Only focus on the target. And Shinji's like, great, that's uh, very helpful for me. <laughs> how do uh, I use a gun? And then, uh, before anyone can answer and explain how to use a gun, Raymail fires again, and Ray starts blocking. Uh, which, which, such... This is another cool scene, too, because when she's blocking it, uh, I don't know, I, I think it was just Dragon Ball Z has cemented in my mind that person blocking attack and other person putting shoulder on their back is, like, the coolest shit. Yeah, because Ray starts sliding back when she's blocking the attack because it's too powerful, and then Oscar goes up, stands behind Ray, and puts her arm on Ray's shoulder, and she's like, we got this. The two of us together, we can stop this. And then they'll, like, even do, like, the fucking... Dragon Ball Z, if they make eye contact, they smirk at each other. Got it this time. Um, and this is when Shinji has a flashback. To, <laughs> I, I like to think it's the ghost voice of Kensuke. That, that too. Uh, Kensuke, over the wind, uh, Shinji hears, Akari, buddy, remember, it's not about skill, it's about heart. At least and he needs she, braces. At least he needs braces. At least he needs braces. Um... And so she's just like, right, of course, shoot with my heart. And then he uh, closes his eyes and just like feels it and shoots, and it's a perfect direct hit, and he kills Randall. Um, and then he runs up to the girl and says, like, I know, I thanks for saving me, thanks for keeping me safe so I can find the shot. And then he notices that uh, while protecting him from the shot, their suits ripped in such a specific way as to reveal their chests. And then Shinji immediately stops talking and starts ogling them. Um, and as the rule of uh, Shinji applies, he's always a moment away from an ass-kicking. Yep, because uh, uh, Asuka's talking about it, and she's like, that was a really powerful blast. I I could swear I even felt the energy on my bare, supple skin. And uh, while she's saying that, Ray looks down, and she's like, okay, don't look. And Shinji's like, oh, don't worry about it. I already got a nice look. And then Asuka beats the shit out of him. Yep. Uh, Actually, from the sounds of it, Oscar picks up the sniper rifle and shoots him because uh, she asked if <laughs> just Shinji destroying the Magi system and Shinji at the same time. The end. Yeah. Uh, and then the like final page of this volume before the extra special bonus chapter is Celia talking to Ritsuko. 
<coughs> they don't even seem um, mad about uh, Ritsuko fucking up keeping the kids away, because they realize that the real thing that uh, threw a wrench in their plans was uh, Gendo, not Shinji. Yeah, Gendo's um, the reason they had the chance to win, uh, regardless. Yeah, uh, and so Ritsuko is just thinking to herself about how um, <laughs> uh, these Sile boys are kind of fools because they think they're so impressive. And then she has the added thought of, I, <coughs> I'd never get naked in front of them. Uh, however, Director Akagi, or Director Akari, that's a completely different thing. <laughs> so I if you got through now, Jesse's like, get it? Get it? Yep. Alright, extra special bonus ch uh, chapter. Uh, Asuka wakes up early. That's that's the plot of this one. Asuka not even early. Asuka wakes up on time. Surprisingly, actually. Shinji even calls her out and he's like, super weird for you to wake up on time. Usually you like, sleep in super late and I have to like wake you up. Uh, and Asuka's like, nah, I wake up on time every morning. Usually, I refuse to leave my room until you uh, make a point of trying to wake me up. Just to prove a point. And she's like, that's kind of an uh, awful way of living your life. Uh, and Shinji explains he's making breakfast, and Asuka's like, why is the biggest portion for Misato? And Shinji's like, because I'm still trying to get laid, baby doll. Uh, and Asuka's like, well, I'm growing, so I'm eating Misato's portion, because she's not up yet. Um, that was a lot this chat, this volume, actually, of just them eating Misato's food. Yeah. So Shinji, uh, Says he's gonna go wake up Misato, and uh, we don't even see it happening. We just hear uh, Shinji crying out, "Whoa, Misato! No, please! I'm pure and innocent." Uh, and Oscar uh, uh, breaks into the room to see uh, Misato holding Shinji up against his body, and she's like, "Both of you, fuck right off, Shinji! You're not paralyzed. You can get out of this if you want to." Misato, you're not asleep. Stop holding Shinji. Help, Asuka, I am stuck! There's just a feather on your back. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Asuka, look, they start having breakfast, and Asuka decides to spend the entirety of breakfast verbally assaulting Misato for being an irresponsible drunk, and calling out the fact that she keeps getting way too drunk and sleeping in in the morning. And Misato's like, hey, you're kind of the pot calling the kettle black if you're saying that I'm, uh, unprofessional for sleeping in every morning. Um, and uh, starts talking about how when they get to philosophy in school, Asuka will realize that she's making logical fallacies in her arguments. And Asuka's like, you know what? You're right. I sleep in sometimes. I concede that point. What did Aristotle have to say about clutching Shinji inappropriately in uh, bed? And uh, so they kind of like hang out, they have breakfast, Misato cuts her off, and she's like, I'm leaving, what are you guys doing today? And Shinji's like, I'm doing chores. Every day. Same thing I do every day. Laundry. I'm like, I'm like Brain from Pinky and the Brain, where I'm like, what are we gonna do tonight? Brain, same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try and take over the world. Except for Shinji, it's, I'm gonna do the same thing I do every day, Misato. Chores. Clean up after you two, because you're both monsters and incapable of... <laughs> Asuka just immediately fucking lays into Shinji about doing chores. Yeah, she's like, oh, you're cutting loose doing some laundry, are you? Uh, and she's just like, you know, this is your fault that I do laundry so much because I have to do your laundry as well. And Asuka's like, I don't make you do all my laundry. I refuse to let you touch my unmentionables. 
Uh, you just have to wash the rest of my clothes. Speaking of which, chop chop. Extra starch in the collars, alright? Um. Anyways, uh, Misato leaves, and Shinji starts cleaning up the apartment. Uh. And he holds up one of Misato's uh, bras. Specifically, Misato tell, asks him to clean up everything uh, in her room, and it's just littered with like underwear, clothes, and alcohol containers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, her exact line is, "Don't forget to pick up all of the clothes that I left scattered on the floor, furniture, and lighting fixtures." Um. And then yeah, her room's just a fucking disaster zone. Uh, and Shinji ends up picking up and staring at one of Misato's bras. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Asuka starts walking in and she's like, Hey, Shinji, while you're doing laundry, do you want to do all of my laundry uh, at the same time? Uh, and she notices Shinji holding up and staring at one of Misato's bras. Uh, and she Shinji's like, Oh, no, no, you were there. You asked me. I'm doing what you told me to do. And Asuka's like, Yeah. But how long do you have to actually fucking stare at it? Um, and then, uh, during the shooting, they trip and fall and land in such a way that Shinji's gripping onto Asuka's chest. Um, and then, uh... She doesn't really beat him up, she just gives him the silent treatment. She gives him the silent team treatment, and then calls out the fact that he was staring at the bra for a long time, so she's like, how long do you have to do this for? Anyways, cut to later in the day, Shinji's done with his laundry and he started to vacuum the apartment. Uh, meanwhile, Asuka is, like, eating chips and watching TV. And Shinji's like, hey, Asuka, do you mind moving, like, two feet to the left so I can vacuum the part where you're sitting right now? I very much do mind. Yeah, um, and Shinji tries to apologize and he's like, I hope you're not sad. Uh, is there anything I can do so that you'll forgive me? And she's like, uh, could you make, like, my favorite meal for dinner? And Shinji starts fucking laughing at that. Uh, and he's like, alright, I'm gonna go to the store and get the ingredients that are needed. Uh, is that okay? Do you need anything else? And she's just like, oh yeah, uh, give me just like a little bit of everything. like Juice, ice cream, shampoo. Uh, a better roommate. <laughs> um, uh, and then I believe she like gives him some cash and she's like, don't fucking forget it. Oh, no. She doesn't give him cash. She gives him a list. Of course she doesn't give him cash. She gives him a list of all the things he has to buy. Yeah. And then this um, one ends up kind of just resolving itself because he goes off. He's like, I'll be back soon. And I guess she just feels bad because we don't even see her perspective. We just see that she walks out to meet him. Yeah. Um, he's walking back and he's complaining about uh, how heavy it is carrying all that stuff. And about how at least half of what he's carrying is stuff for her. And then he just runs into her. And she's like, oh, well, I... W- wanted to go down to the store, and then I got to the store, and you weren't there, and I, I mean, I just ran into you here. Uh, give me one of those bags, and I'll carry it, and I'll make it easier for you. And it's just kind of like a nice wholesome ending, which is, uh, rare for these extra special bonus chapters. Now, that does end the volume. Now, there is one other thing I just want to address, because uh, we normally don't talk about the stuff that's at the end of uh, this. There's, like, a bunch of text blurbs, just interviews with, like, the people. And there's one yeah. in here, the, the one from this one is one I really like, and it's, uh, the afterwards from Osamu Takahashi, the guy who does the illustration. And the, the quote that he puts in here is, Sometimes when I'm looking at my cat, I suddenly hear it speak to me inside my head in the voice of an anime character. What makes this even more disturbing, though, is it's the Gendo's voice. Oh god, that is very disturbing. <laughs> so apparently his cat talks to him in Gendo's voice. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those situations when you should somehow simultaneously not tell anyone and also immediately talk to your doctor. And definitely don't mention it to everyone reading the book. Definitely don't mention it to everyone reading the book. Uh, for the main reason of that sounds contagious in the sense that now there's a possibility that every time I look at my cat, I'm going to start hearing my cat talking to me again. Getting the robot. So, uh... Um... Overall, how yep. would you rate this chapter, or volume, I should say? I liked it. Uh, it had Best Girl, so that's a solid bonus point in my chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, it had Gendo being the biggest Chad of all fucking time, yeah. which uh, is a solid plus in my book. Um, and, as always, it had plenty of fan service, <laughs> which, I mean... Actually, I feel like the fan service aspect of previous chapters has been severely reduced in this one. Yeah, Oscar it, it becoming have... aware of what was going on, it's been uh, nipped in the bud for the most part. There's less fan service, but there's definitely still fan service. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Like this chapter probably has some of the coolest moments to date in the series. Hundred percent. And Gendo facing down Ramyo, catching the blast and punching it, uh, is probably the highlight. Yeah, no, that might very well end up being the highlight of the entire series. Yeah. Okay, so with that, we can wrap up this episode then. So if you would like to reach out to us, you can always send us an email at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. Of course, this podcast goes out every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. So like, favorite, subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend. Word of mouth helps with passing it along to other people. We also have the Instagram page, Farewell Evangelion, that we update the series facts as we go along on a daily basis, as well as having polls every here and there on the weekends. And we're pretty quick about getting back to you and interacting with the community there. And of course, as always, Peter, what can we expect on Volume 13 of the Shinji Akari Raising Project? Alright, uh, so, uh, for more uh, Slice of Life stuff, we're going to have uh, Shinji on White Day with Kaoru. That's going to be a scene that happens. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Gendo being ludicrous. I'm going to say he's going to... Um, Digging. I don't know why, but he's going to be digging. Uh, and then also, Celia uh, is going to introduce another angel, and this one is going to be uh, the, the big one that falls from the sky and just destroys Tokyo. Plus, plenty of fan service. <laughs> <laughs>